Okay, welcome back. Um, today we're going to continue our series and talk about the second in one of the pairs, one of the Zugais, um, and speak about Shimon ben Shetach. Shimon ben Shetach, there are actually quite a few uh, things mentioned about him in Chazal, uh, and we're going to find uh, some interesting connections uh, between uh, some of these things that we find in Chazal and the lesson that he taught in our Mishnah. Now, what did he teach? Shimon ben Shetach says, you should be very, very careful and uh, be certain that you are marbe, which means uh, excessively investigate and interrogate the witnesses to make sure that they're saying truthful testimony. And, you know, if you ask the right questions and you ask it in a number of different ways, you can see if there, if there are holes in their testimony if what they're saying is, is consistent. So he taught every marbilach kirasa And then he said, but you have to be very careful at the same time because if you use techniques that are obvious and the witnesses see and understand what you're trying to do, what you're trying to accomplish, they will then learn how to prepare themselves for future interrogations. And so therefore, heavy zarbidvarach, you should be careful in your words, shemamitocham, because possibly from your words, yilmadula shakir, they may actually learn how to uh, lie and say untruthful testimony. So it's a fine balance between interrogating thoroughly, but at the same time not letting the witnesses in on what you're looking for and what exactly your angle is. Now, why did Shimon ben Shetach uh, say this? So one simple approach is actually uh, connected to what we um, learned about in the previous Mishnah with Yehuda ben Tabai, when you think about what happened with the eight Zomim that Yehuda ben Tabai had executed and then subsequently regretted because of the words of Shimon ben Shetach, so maybe uh, what Yehuda ben Tabai had done would have been okay had he actually more thoroughly investigated both of the witnesses um, and also tried to maybe wait and see if both witnesses in the pair would have been Zomamin, and in that case, um, what he did would not, have been, uh, would not have been wrong. So the fact that he was not choker enough, it says in the Sefer Mechker Ovos, he says that, The other, the second in the pair would also be Nizam, and then, then the execution would have been Bedin, correct and just, Velobitos. And the whole incident would not have occurred. So therefore, it's possible that Shimon ben Shetach was commenting on that particular event relating to Yehuda ben Tabai. However, we're going to introduce a few other things um, that, that occurred. Now, there's a Gemara in Sanhedrin. I'm going to relate to you. It's a very interesting Gemara. Gemara says that there was a story. The, it's, in, it's in Sanhedrin, Memdalad Ahmed Beis. There was a story with an individual that was taken out to be they were taking him out to be executed. And this individual, who the Gemara doesn't tell us his identity, he said, if I am guilty, my death should not be a kapora um, for all of the sins that I have done. However, if I am not guilty, my death, which is about to take place, should be a kapora, should be a forgiveness, for all of my other sins, 
Ubezdin v'chol Yisrael menukin, and all of the Bezdin and Klal Yisrael should be, their hands should be clear, clean. V'ha'edim, but the witnesses that testified against me, and therefore on the basis of their testimony I'm being executed, if I am innocent, lo lam lahem mechila la'olam. May they never be forgiven for what they've done. So the Gemara then says, well, what exactly can the witnesses do at this point? They can't take back what they said, even if what they said was incorrect, because there's a rule, kivan shehigid shuv magid. Once witnesses say testimony, they can't go back and retract what they said. Once the testimony was uh, handed down and accepted, um, they can't go back. So therefore, what is there to be done, and why did this person say what he said, other than expressing his emotions? So the Gemara says that the Chiddush of the Gemara here is to tell us that even if the Edim come back and explain when they try and retract their testimony why they said what they said, that they had certain motivations, uh, the fact that they explain it away doesn't change anything, and once they've said testimony, it's too, t- it's too late to take it back, and the execution has to go on. And the Gemara says, Like the case of Baya Mechasia, who was a tax collector. A certain case of an individual named Baya who was a tax collector. Now what exactly was this case, and what is the Gemara making reference to, and who was this individual that the Gemara is describing was taken out to be executed and made this statement. So Rashi, uh, on that Gemara, brings down a Yerushalmi, which talks about and elaborates what happened with this tax collector, and goes into it in great length. What it says in the Yerushalmi is that there was an incident, a story, with a certain tax collector who was an evil person. He was a Russia. He, uh, I'm not sure, it doesn't say what he, what he did. It could be that he was uh, saying things and doing things to hurt uh, his brethren and other Jewish people. And so therefore, um, it happened to be that this tax collector, who was a Russia, who was a wicked person, died. At the same time of his death, there was a, a Godel, a great person, a great sage of the same town that also died. And they were preparing the funerals and had the beers prepared for each of, these, um, um, each of these individuals. And what happened is, as they were getting ready for the procession, a band of robbers and thieves came, and everybody ran away, except this one student that was standing over the bear of his, uh, his Rebbe, his teacher, and wanted to protect him and make sure that everything is okay. Once the band of robbers left, so all the people came back, and they continued with the procession, except they mixed up the bears, and, they, and therefore had the wrong, um, uh, the wrong casket, or assumed that the person who was in the casket that they thought was the great sage was actually the, ta- the wicked tax collector, and the person who was the wicked tax t- collector they thought was the great sage. So they mixed, they mixed them up. And as a result, they gave a lot of honor to the wicked tax collector, and his procession was done with a tremendous honor, with uh, eulogies, and so on and so forth. Whereas the person who was the great sage, for some reason, um, they, because of the mix-up, they, uh, they did not give him a very honorable um, burial. And the student who witnessed the whole thing was complaining and saying, you got it all mixed up, you're doing, you're doing it the, the wrong way, and this is the great sage, and you're treating him as if he was the, the wicked person, and everything is, you know, is, is wrong. And they didn't listen to him. And the student was very troubled by what had happened, because he watched his Rebbe, who he was very attached to, be buried 
not only with without the honor that was deserving to him, but with with uh, uh, an actually a, a lack of caring at all because they thought that this was the wicked tax collector that was being buried. And so therefore, it troubled him greatly. Uh, that night, in a dream, his Rebbe came to him and he said, I don't understand what, what exactly is going on. Why, why is it that you didn't get the burial that you were deserving of and why is it that this wicked tax collector got so much honor on the last day of his, um, on, on, his, uh, on his death? Uh, as part of his uh, funeral. So he explained to him that everything is just, and he said, you should know that the reason why I was punished and didn't get the honor that was uh, due to me uh, at my funeral procession is because of the following incident. I once was present when they were people were being mevaza, uh, shaming, a, uh, a Talmud Chacham, or actually it says Talmud Chachamim in the plural. And I kept quiet, I didn't say anything. And as a result, because I didn't stand up for the honor of the Torah and the honor of these sages, uh, I was punished, and that was my punishment. The wicked tax collector actually had done something very, very uh, honorable uh, in his lifetime, and that was that he once made a feast, uh, and this feast was meant for the nobility, uh, the leaders of the town, and at the end of the day, the, the nobility or the whoever it is that he had prepared the feast for didn't show up, so there was a lot of extra food. And so what he did was he chose to distribute the food, all the excess food, to the poor people in the city. So therefore, it was necessary for him to be rewarded for that great deed, and as a result, he was given honor on the day of his funeral. Now. However, this wicked tax collector, uh, now that he was rewarded for his, uh, his good deed, is actually suffering in Gehenna. And the student asked his Rebbe, until when will he be suffering uh, in Gehenna? Because he's experiencing a serious, uh, uh, severe judgment. So the response he got was, until Shimon ben Shetach will die and take his place. So he said, and why is that? Why, why is Shimon Meshetach a subject? He was the leader of the Jewish people. Why, what did he do wrong that he would be deserving of taking the place of this wicked tax collector in Gehenna? And so the answer is, the answer he was given, the student, was that there are 80 um, uh, Jewish witches who are um, exercising witchcraft which we know is Aser and Chay uh, of Misa in the Torah, and he's not doing anything about it. And so therefore, there's a complaint against Shinra Meshetach for allowing this to go on without taking action. The Gemara then, actually the Yerushalmi continues and relates that this Talmud, when he woke, he went and repeated his dream and the exchange in the dream to Shimon ben Shetach. And Shimon Meshetach realized that there was a serious Taina complaint against him in Shemayim, and that he had to do something about it. And so what did he do? He developed the following plan. He called together 80 Bacharim. These 80 witches uh, hung out in a cave, and it happened to have been a very wet and rainy day when he did this. And he told the 80 Bacharim, he said, here's what we're going to do. Each of you is going to take a jug, and put a robe, whatever your clothing, whatever you plan on wearing, in, in there. 
and so this way it will remain dry despite the fact of the, despite the fact that there's uh, pouring rain. And I will go with you towards this cave. I will enter the cave, and when you hear the signal, I want you to come in. First, put on the dry clothing. Come in. Each one of you grab one of the witches, eighty uh, young men and eighty witches. Lift them up, and then we're going to carry them and um, and uh, ex execute them for um, the fact that they were um, uh, the fact that they were practicing witchcraft. And that was the plan, and that's how it eventually played itself out. He went to the cave. He walked in. The witches saw him and said, "Who are you?" And he said that I am also somebody who um, uh, has powers, and I want to have a um, um, I want to have a showdown with you and to see who has greater powers. And they said, "Okay, let's see what you have to what you're able to do." And he said, "Okay, uh, what would you say if I?" Um, whistled or made some kind of signal and 80 young men came in completely dry um, and uh, and it would just be by me making a uh, making a sign or a signal and they said sure let's see and of course he did his signal the 80 young men came in fully dry clothed they lifted each one lifted up one of the witches and tied them and brought them back and eventually all these 80 witches were executed. Now, the Gemara continues to relate that some of the relatives of these 80 witches were not happy with what Shimon ben Shatach did, and they wanted to get back at Shimon ben Shatach. So what did they do? They paid off some witnesses to say testimony against Shimon ben Shatach's own son. And the tragedy in this is not only um, was the testimony accepted, um, and Shimon Meshetach's own son was taken out to be executed, but it was done in Shimon Meshetach's own Bezdin. So his own Bezdin uh, was the one that uh, placed this judgment, which ultimately led to Shimon Meshetach's son being executed. So going back to the Gemara, the Gemara Sanhedrin, when it talks about this person who was taken out to be executed and said that if I'm innocent, that may the witnesses never be forgiven, um, Rashi is telling us that this was Shimon Meshetach's son. And it occurred because of the relatives of the witches. And the relatives of the witches, after hearing that what Shemr Meshetach's son was saying on his way out to be executed, they regretted what they did, and they felt bad, and they wanted to take their testimony back. And they wanted to even explain why they said what they said. But it was too late. And so therefore, when you take all this into account, this is actually, this explanation is brought down by the Medrash Shmuel in the name of the Rashbam, that is exactly why Shimon Meshetach is saying, Heavy mar because his own Bezdin, his own Bezdin accepted testimony of false witnesses, and as a result, his son was executed. His son was innocent, and his son was executed. And the Rishbam says, He was um, accustomed to saying this, Heavy mar because of what happened uh, with his own Bezdin, because he hung 80 witch, witches, Jewish witches in Ashkelon, Venerag Beno Bebezdino, and his own son was killed in his own Bezdin through false testimony. And that's why he said, Avimarbe Lachker Es So that is a, an explanation which I think, when you have this background, is pretty clear that there's a very strong connection between the lesson of Hashem and Shetach um, 
and events that occurred in his life uh, and how it impacted why, why he said what he said. There's another explanation I want to share with you. Um, but before we do that, I think it's worthwhile to go into a little bit of history about Yanai HaMelech. We've spoken about him briefly before, but I think it's relevant to understanding uh, what we're about to suggest. And that is Yanai HaMelech was the brother-in-law of Shimon ben Shetach. Shimon ben Shetach's sister was the queen and was married to Yanai HaMelech. Yanai HaMelech was Mibes uh, Chashmonoi. He was a descendant of the Chashmonoim. Um, but he was a tzeduki, um, and he was very anti the Chachamim, and uh, um, we'll see later through various uh, incidents, actually had many of them killed, to the point where the Chachamim were afraid for their lives and had to run away, and only upon being reassured that they were safe to come back did they come back. Shimon ben Shetach himself was, uh, was afraid of his, of his brother-in-law, until um, he got assurances from his wife that everything, and from, and from Yanai himself, that everything would be okay. Now Yanai HaMelech, not only did he take upon himself being the king, uh, and he was Mibes Chashmanoi, not Mibes David, he wasn't from Shevet Yehuda, um, he was also a Kohen, and he took upon himself the Kohen Gedola. Now, fact is, he was a Tzeduki, and so the Rabbanim, the rabbis, the sages, um, there was a lot of animosity between them, aside from the fact that he was a tzeduki, but also he took the Gunagadola for himself, and he was a king, even though he was not from the house of Yehuda, where Malchus comes from. But the Gemara relates to Sanhedrin the following incident, and it says as follows, that uh, there was an instance where one of the servants of Yanai HaMelech um, had killed somebody, and they called him to the court of Shimon ben Shetach, to stand in judgment. Now the Gemara says, before we go into the details of the story, the Gemara says that with a king, lo don velo donenoso, he cannot be judged, lo meid velo meidenoso, and you also can't make him say testimony. Rav Yosef says, it's a mission of Sanhedrin, dafyu tesamidalev, lo shonu elamachi Yisrael, that which it says you can't have, you can't force a king to be judged or to say testimony. That's only by Malcha Yisrael. That's by regular Jewish kings that are not from Malcha based David. Ava Malcha based David, don vidon and I say, them you can judge because they won't behave inappropriately. Now, what exactly was the concern with Malcha Yisrael versus Malcha based David? So now we can get into the story. When the servant of Yane HaMelech was called to the Bezdin of, of Shimon ben Shetach, so it says that they told Shim, they told Yanni Amelch that he has to also come um, and be part of the um, part of the judgment and part of the discussion because it says by property by for example a behema of uh, of an individual that it says vuhuad bevolov that the the balhashor has to be present um, in the judgment so they called Yanni Amelch to come and sit and be part of the um, part of the um, proceedings. Now, Yanei HaMelech came, Shimon Meshetach told Yanei HaMelech, his brother-in-law, says, um, okay, you need to stand and uh, say testimony. And witnesses are supposed to stand when they say testimony. So, Yanei HaMelech resisted, and he said, um, I'm not going to. And he said, uh, I'm not going to listen to what you're telling me, but if your colleagues, if the other people on the Bezdin, um, on, the, on the panel of judges, um, instruct me to, 
then I will stand. But I'm not going to stand just because you're telling me I should stand. He was ignoring um, the instruction of uh, Shimon ben Shetach. He was ignoring the fact that he's supposed to stand. And he was basically trying to intimidate the people. Shimon ben Shetach turns to the judges, his colleagues on his right, and they look down and didn't say anything. He looked to the colleagues on his left. They also looked down and didn't say anything. And effectively, um, they were not willing to stand up against Yana HaMelech. And then as a result, Shimon Meshetach became very upset. And the Gemara says that these uh, colleagues of his um, were punished uh, and, and died on the spot. Now, as a result of this exchange, we see that we understand why the Gemara said that only by Malchus based David can you have a king, can you instruct a king or try and force a king to stand up uh, and say testimony, but not by Malchus Yisrael because of the incident of what happened with Yana Melech. So this is, effective, uh, this is effectively what Shimon Meshetach was referring to when he said, uh, because of the incident that happened with Yana Melech, he said you have to be um, diligent in um, interrogating the witnesses and not to back off. And at the same time, you also have to be careful with what you say, that it shouldn't be interpreted uh, and the witnesses should not learn to, um, to say false testimony. With that, we end our discussion of Shimon ben Shetach.